Luke. Oh, Fred. Episode 6. Welcome to episode 6, Car Guys and Car Gals. We're going to drop it just like this. Come on. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Car Guy Coffee Podcast. That's right. First things first. What is it? Forgive. Focus. Fly. Hey. Welcome to the conversation over a cup of coffee with a couple of car guys that are just having a good time. This is Lou Ramirez, the car guy. This is Fred Lenart, the subprime hero. And we are excited to have a special guest with us today. Somebody very special to my heart. Special to my heart too, Lou. My son, Devin Teagarden. Yes, Is going to be brewing some solutions with us. We're going to have a car guy confession session. We're going to have our fresh brew. He's even going in with the jump box with us today. He is. We're going to be talking about some hot wheels. So Uh get yourself ready for a good laugh, a cup of coffee, and a conversation. This is the Car Guy Coffee Podcast, and we are brewing solutions. Car guys and car gals everywhere that can hear us. Let's brew. All right. Car guys and car gals, welcome wow. to episode six. I know Lou's super excited about I am. this episode. I'm crazy pumped up. It's it's touching something inside of my heart. I'm gonna do all that I can to keep the waterworks from uh, leaking from my face. Um, but we are here with a very very special guest to me, uh, one of the people that I love absolutely most on this planet. My eldest son have been through the fire with and have uh, become a better man because of and uh, I'm very excited to have him here with us he's right here next to me and I'm going to do the best that I can throughout this entire episode to not get this microphone soaked with tears just because uh, of how grateful and and how filled with honor and uh, appreciation I am to have him here and just to have him here close to us Uh, it wasn't too long ago that we were talking about him being you know overseas and going through the issues of of uh, trying to figure out why he couldn't make it here for Christmas and right. and all those other things and and my heart goes out to any any family members that are out there that are that have their their guys in uniform that they want to see home and that are out there serving our country our hats off to you we salute each and every one of you and I know that it takes a family to support um, the soldiers the airmen the marines the navymen the seamen the uh, the coast guard all those that are serving our country police officers firefighters. We honor and appreciate each and every one of you, and this is my long-winded welcome to my son, Devin Teagarden, being on the mic with us today. Welcome to the show, Devin. Thanks for having me. We are happy to have you. I know your father's very excited about this. He uh, he asked me a few weeks ago, before you came back in town, he said, you know, I think I want to put Devin on the show. My first thoughts were, absolutely. You know, he mentioned, he's not a car guy. But that he is car blood, so absolutely. And this this show's about sharing and being able to do things that we want to do. Um, so this is our show, Loose. So absolutely, family, all family always comes first. So I'm glad to have your family here with us today. But Devin's definitely wrote in more demos than most people in the car business right now. Yeah. Fact. Fact. In, in no. actual calculated time, he spent more time in demos than the majority of people that are entering in the car business right yeah. now. That's very true. So. That's kind of a pass. I'm going to go ahead and make that the pass of the car guyism. But no, really, I'm excited. Uh, there's something that you two share. Yeah. Both of you served in the Air Force. We are both airmen. He is uh, obviously doing it a lot better than I did it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we both experienced a lot of similar things. So it's pretty cool to be able to sit here and uh, go over things that he's talked to, you know, that he does, that I've done, but not 
you know, it's neat to see how far he's going with it, how much further he's going to go with it. I'm excited. He's a very, very, very uh, inspiring young man to see him go travel the world without his family there. I didn't even do that. I was in Tucson, Arizona. Pretty cool out in the desert, you know, chilling. And then now we, and then he, but he got to go over to England and man, that's pretty neat. I'm sure he got some other travels. I have some questions for him about that, but you know. Well, let's, hey, it's five line of time. Devin? Yeah. You ready to have some fun? Yep. All right. We like to hit people with a quick five liner. It's five quick questions. I'm going to hit you with one. I'm going to go ahead and start it. Um, All right. Being gone away from family, being a young man for the first time as a young airman going to England. (laughs) What did you miss most about the United States? Probably the convenience of everything. Yeah. Yeah, over there. Places close early and... You know, we got Walmart 24 hours ago. Yeah. <laughs> Especially on Sunday, everything closes at like 2 o'clock. Yeah, probably the convenience, the convenience. of America. And yeah. People are a lot nicer here, too. <laughs> Especially in Kentucky, the Southern hospitality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I, you know, I was fortunate as a child to be able to live overseas. You know, I lived in Germany. Um, and I traveled over in a few different places and um, got to see different cultures, um, not just in Germany, but go to England or... We went to Spain and a few places like that. So I guess, you know, I've seen the different cultures. And I know how English people are. They're more to themselves more so, you know. They, yeah, yeah. Posh. They're not, yeah, they're not so, you know, like how we'd open a door and be like, hey. Is the proper. Know. Yeah. Proper. Yeah. Must be proper. I'm not proper. I'm, yeah, that's, uh, that's. I'm very y'all. What's up, y'all? Mm-hmm. Right. So favorite part, though, being over there, what was your favorite part about being in England? <laughs> that's like a dude uh, that's a tough one. Oh no being, sorry being England. England or overseas in general I guess Just overseas I guess I would say England. outside of America outside but of what did you like about England because well, there's got to be something was it the weather uh, no, I heard that's uh, not the case I'd be slow to answer that question too but what did I like what, what was your, okay I guess what's your best memory of England would be a better question <laughs> Wow. All right. Tough one. You might need another sip of Car Guy coffee. <laughs> well, we'll sip on that solution a little bit later. <laughs> we'll come back to that. Let's go back to that. All right. Next question I have, and I have one more. I'm going to let Lou have the last two. All right. Um, did you get to travel at all while you're there? Go to other countries besides England? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's really easy. What was your favorite spot over there? <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, think about so, it so in discussing that, so while trying to go through the Rolodex of what you like most, let's just to give everybody a little bit of context of what you're trying to shuffle through yeah. on the spot late in the evening, where usually at this time you are sleeping, preparing yeah, to go take care of your jet. Um, it's us that are staying up late, you know, drinking coffee and having conversations. But where all have you been? Go ahead and rattle yeah. me off all where, the countries where have you've you touched been? since you've been out of the country. All right, start from the top. So England, absolutely. And then you got I'm trying to think now. All right, England. Yep, England. Ireland. <laughs> yeah, England, Ireland. Sure. Never went to Scotland. Okay, I would. Wales. It was, it's kind uh, of yeah, kind of like considered a separate country, but it's the same. But it's the same. And then yeah, then I went to Estonia. Uh, Estonia. Oh wow. Yeah, Estonia. That's cool. Finland. Ooh. Lithuania. Wow. Iceland. 
Wow. Morocco, which is in Africa. Now that's cool. Continent. That's the warmest place you've been so far out of all those. Morocco? Uh, no. Oh, yeah. I don't want you to name so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, was, it was pretty warm. And then... Yeah, I did go to Spain. I went to Canary Islands. Fair. The Canary Islands. Islands. Nice. Poor guy. Just Air yeah, Force. It was tough. Nice, <laughs> nice hotel. Yeah. Overlooking the ocean. Yeah. Five star resort. Suffering yeah. for the country. <laughs> <laughs> but you deserve it. Getting you definitely deserve it. Yeah. That's all. There's more. Uh, did I say Finland? You did. Finland. Finland's nice. Yeah. Man, you got to you got to hop around a little bit. That's nice. There's more, but I'm probably forgetting it. I mean, uh, we, Italy, I went to Italy twice. Oh man, mm-hmm. yeah, it was a lot. Yeah, because now he's all. You thought I was bougie about oh I love about pizza. Italy pizza. You thought I was a snob so when it came bad. to pizza. Italy now he's even worse. Yes. He's like, I'm because I'm all oh, New York pizza, New York pizza. Now he's like, now he's like, um, it's, Italy. Italy yeah. has better <laughs> pizza. Italian pizza. I had it. It was good. I had it every day for lunch. I bet you did. Papa I John's isn't you. gonna work. No, <laughs> I, I didn't eat pizza for the first month, couple months when I got back, and then. After that, it wasn't a big deal. But yeah, first few months when I was back, I like I cannot eat pizza. I didn't want to. Because it was yeah, nothing like that. It wasn't the same at all. No. No. What is so special about their pizza? What makes it so different? The bread. Yeah. Yeah. The crust. The crust. It's I don't just know a why. Bread. It's not. It's crunchy. That's what makes it's a New good. York pizza good. Yeah. It's, a lot of people don't understand. It's it's. It and these real cheeses. The these real cheeses too over there. It's good. Yeah. That's good, man. Well, got to experience. So what I also understand is that you and your... I'm not going to keep going with questions, but father's been bragging about your steaks that you've been cooking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's cool. So you learned a little bit of culinary arts while you are over there a little bit, huh? Mainly yeah. just YouTubing it. I yeah. guess that came from yeah. that came from Scotland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I just looked up Gordon Ramsay steak <laughs> recipe, and that's the first thing that popped up. That's not wrong with that. That's how you learn. You yeah. obviously, have, obviously have an interest. He was, he was bragging about how good the steaks were, though. That's good. That's really good. I, I like a good steak myself too. Every once in a while, just in case, you know, or if I want to hook up like an uncle. <laughs> but the, uh, but no. <laughs> so you, what, what kind of questions do you have, Lou? You know, we'll get back to my other ones once he, because I'm sure he, now that he's starting to think about it, I'm sure there's probably a memory of England that you could think of, or maybe even um, your favorite spot. I mean, you went to a lot of cool places, man. I mean, there's got to be something in that. So we'll come back to that here in a moment. So in. In the auto side, as a as a buyer, uh, what would you say is the difference so far that you've in your exposure? What would you say the difference is between the cars mostly that you have to get used to on that side? Remember, you were young when you went over there, so you yeah. didn't, you did, and you still are young. But what is it that you noticed, or is most different, or had to be learned most when you got over there? Um, initially, uh, probably roundabouts. Yeah, there's very few stoplights and really no stop signs unless you're on base. Yeah, yeah a lot of roundabouts. Which once you get used to, it, it's a lot easier. I bet. And it's yeah. a lot less wait time. I think. Yeah. yeah. Unless you're in a big city or on base, yeah, it's roundabouts everywhere. Okay. Even, even on the even on the highway, yeah, you have five way roundabouts. Wow. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty unique. Yeah. Imagine trying to figure that out. So when we went to go visit him. Where you know I'm renting a vehicle. I'm a, it's right side drive. Right. It's a stick shift. So yeah. not only are you on this side of the car, but it's a stick shift with your left hand. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> wow. Trying to get that figured out. Um, chasing him. He's flowing and going, doing his thing, and 
from behind him, we watch at one of the roundabouts somebody come and rear end him yeah. while he's riding. Nice. We watched this. Yeah, that was the very first wreck he ever had, and we're sitting there like, they're like, what's going on? And then boom, boom, a lot of hands flailing, boom, boom, boom. Guy checks the car, and we're out. Yeah. It was over. Yeah. Um, yeah, at a roundabout. So I always at remember the roundabouts. That's... We had a couple of little episodes inside of the car um, that were fun, fun, exciting times. What kind of vehicle was that? That was a Ford Mondeo. Kind of like a Taurus, I'd say, compared to Ford Mondeo. It was kind of in between, like the, the Fusion and the Taurus size. Um, huh. Say that word one more time. Taurus. No, not Taurus. <laughs> Mondeo. Mondeo. You know what that is? You ever hear that car? Me neither. A majority of people in America, and those of you that are listening to this podcast right now, Ford makes a car called the Mondeo. Yeah. If that matters. But it's, it's out there. There's so it's many crazy. other cars that we don't even know about oh, yeah. that are overseas, um, even by American makers. That's right. But yeah. So the roundabouts. Roundabouts was yeah. a big adjustment. Um, of course, understanding a whole new setup in, in how <laughs> to drive out there is uh, got to be exciting. Um, what, what would you say that you, uh, because we're going to, we're going to make a, we can make a big shift here. We can get into subject of what we're talking about or try to figure that out. But you're also going through a big transition right now inside of your military career, which would also be something that many car guys and car gals can relate to as far as making the transition inside of being a person that's running with a pack, running with a floor, and then all of a sudden becoming a leader of the same people that you've been running mm -hmm. with. Mm -hmm. um, that was a, a very big shift for me in my career was when all of a sudden you get put in front of all the people you're running with and now you're the person taking TOs for them. You're the person uh, trying to lead them and keep them accountable for the things that they're out all the shenanigans they're out doing, you know of them because you were the one doing them with them. Right. And now you're in charge and you got to go figure out how to lead them. Um, for you, what has been the biggest uh, thing that you've learned inside of this new transition from um, some, I guess I would consider it being soldier to sergeant, and for you it would be from airman to sergeant type flow. What, what is it that you're learning inside of that where you're appreciating most? If there's enough layers on that question, man, I can't stop doing that. So what about what about gain the most from that? Yes. Yeah. There you go. Might have been that easy guy that way. He's yeah. such a simplifier. He's I so much. It. He's so smart. He's so smart. I guess just how to lead, really, because like you said, I've been working with these guys. I was in England for four years, and all the guys I'm with, I've known them since they were either new or I, they came in with me, and so I worked with them, and then I made rain. They didn't. And then you gotta, you gotta, you gotta see that barrier of you're in charge now. You gotta learn how to control that and not overdo it. Yeah, you, you gotta be a leader that they can look up to and like, still be their friend, but not overbearing. You know, don't push them away. So mm -hmm. I'm learning how to do that. It's good. It's fun. I like it. That is that's cool. That is good. And, yeah, that's exactly what what happens when you transition from that, and that's what you have to be able to figure out is find that medium. And I know that when you. Um, make that next rank when you make that e5 when you get to the nco level of uh, being in the military you know obviously they put you through school for that um, yeah. 
and they obviously give you tips. I'm sure they go over that and they explain that you're going to have people that were once friends that you were peers now that you can't really be peers in a sense. You know, it's, yeah, yeah. there's fraternizing allowed, but there's also a level of fraternizing. You know, in, in a sense, you have to kind of be that guy. Like you can't be the, you can't be the out of control person at the party anymore. You can't be. Yeah, you know, true. it's it's all those things that you have to do, and it's the same way with us. You know, like. In a similar way, like when your father became, went from a guy on the floor selling cars, you know, being, you know, doing all the, like he said, the shenanigans of the floor. We all have that, you know, but then once you take that leadership level, it, you know, we didn't really have a school to go to, but having prior military experience definitely helped, I think, each one of us be able to understand that level, what it takes, Mm -hmm. you know, and where you have to change mindset wise. Um, So that's pretty cool. And you have to remember this, Devin, is that. What you're learning from the military, these skills may seem like they're just military skills, but they're life skills, man. And they yeah. they teach you they teach you processes, which are technical orders. You have to have those open mm-hmm. all the time. You have to be going by them. They started at basic training. I'm sure you remember. They even probably had to remember. They showed you even how to like iron and fold your clothes. Yeah, everything. Right. So, <clears throat> and it's just the way it is because everything in life there is a way to do it, and there's a process that if you do it the right way. And we've talked about this in our show mm-hmm. in the past, and it's. It's something that you do. And now once you get to the NCO level, they're they're giving you skills. And these skills that you could take into the future world. A lot of people have this. You put it, It's a resume skill. Yes, it's great. But peop, some people take advantage of that and they go even further with it. And so remember that you're developing these tools right now. Like really, really important tools that are going to help you become way more than you even know what you're thinking of right now. You may have some goals for yourself right now. But because you have these things already put in right now, like you're putting in all the good fundamentals. I'm going to talk about another episode. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're putting in your fundamentals, you're working those fundamentals, and you're getting them right. And if you hone into those, by the time you make your six and your seven, if you decide to stay in that long, because you may not. You may decide, hey, there's more money in the real world right now. Or maybe there's better experience for me that can help me, you know, catapult to where I want to go. Yeah, that's what I'm about to, that's what I'm coming up on now. I'm about to hit five years out of a six-year mm-hmm. contract, so i got about a year to figure all that out. That's great, man. And, you know, and that's that's what's amazing. You know, that level of being there, getting ready to figure that out, I'm sure you're going to be, your your first sergeant's going to come to you. He's going to sit down and probably, okay, what's your plans? I'm yeah. Very soon it's going to happen. And, you know, you're going to tell him, hey, I'm either wanting to re-enlist or what do I, what is there out there for me to do? You know, mm-hmm. you may have an opportunity to do something completely different, but stay in the military. Whatever you do, just remember, learn those, use those skills. Because even if you stay in for 20 years, you're going to be young enough to be able to get out and still have a massive career or start a business or whatever you want to do yeah. in the future. So you, you have a you have a great future. So just keep using those things. Making that five is a big step. A lot of people don't make that. I'm sure you've seen it. You've seen people stay four, 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 and then they get out. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You're making five is a big step. Six is it, it's a great step too. So if you make that six, if you have a chance to make that six, it's almost like, man, I might as well, you know. Mm-hmm. But once again, with your experience, a lot of opportunity for you, man. A lot of opportunity. A lot of people like Air Force people. They think we're smart. Yeah, but they do. <laughs> I'm telling Which you, man. We're smarter than the other branches. We, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, well, I'm the dumb soldier over here. But with, with the, the smart Air Force guys. And really, the, the situation with that is, and for all of you that are, are listening and, and do understand a little bit of the backstory, finish high school. Things are easier for you. <laughs> Finish high school. Things are easier for you. Um, I wasn't able to go into the Air Force, which actually was my pick of the 
the military branches, but I wasn't allowed to. Why? Because I didn't finish high school. That's what they told him. It was the Air Force has this thing where you have to be at least a certain height. (laughs) (laughs) And I was aiming high. I was aiming for it. I was like, if you just put the boots on me, I'll make height. No, but you. But seriously, and I'm very proud of what he accomplished. He was the honor flight in um, in inside of basic. Um, I mean these. He's been part of some some big units. Devin's also had his name on a jet, on an F-15, a multi-million dollar piece of machinery he's in charge of, making sure that he's putting, uh, I, I guess I would call it, putting the keys to the to the jet inside of the hands of the pilot. Wow. He was responsible for that. And, and I mean, just really just freaking cool stuff uh, that he's had the chance to go do. Um, and hopefully this is helping gear you towards answering the second question that he asked you, which was, what did you like most abroad? Oh, abroad. It's abroad. Okay, abroad. Now you said England first. Abroad? Yeah. I, I like travel. Honestly, I like the, my job. I got to travel a lot. That's good, it's man. Really good, you know. You know. The majority of my traveling was with my job. We went a lot of places, a lot of cool places, and it was fun. And, that, and that's, it, that's one of the best parts about being in the military, or especially when you're in the Air Force and you get yeah. to go to, they have cool duty stations, you know. Yeah. You know, if, if there was a branch out there, and I'll be honest, that has the best duty stations, I'd have to say it's the Navy because they are all over the place. Uh, they have some of the most beautiful. I would never I join. I want to be on a ship, though. Oh, yeah. I would, don't, trust me. I did not join because of that reason alone and, and the name tag on the butt. But <laughs> the but that being said, um, I definitely would not do that. But they have, man, I've met, met so many people who've traveled in the Navy, and they talk about some of the places they've been. Wow. I mean, yeah. wow. I mean, beautiful. But... Totally would not trade that for where Air Force goes, right? So, not you know, but the uh, the one thing you know, Lou mentioned earlier, you know, we joked about the Air Force being elite or whatever. But you know, for anybody out there listening, any veteran, you know, if and as you know, it's not about what branch you're in, you know, because whatever you do, you get you can get the most out of anything. And joining the military as as somebody who's getting out of high school, trying to get out of a town that they're not they're not excited about, they don't see a future in, um, trying to get an education that they they want to have that can cost a family a hundred thousand plus thousand and then now they can go to join the military do their time in there and come back and get their education you know and i that was one of my biggest motivations was for the education was for me to be able to get out of town all the above that i just mentioned you know was for me to try to be more than i thought i could be if i stayed here um seeing my friends you know man i work i work and i got that job for seven dollars an hour you know and that's cool but I didn't want that, you know. It wasn't about the hourly; it was about the experience for me, you know, because I didn't make that much money when I was in the military. But I had great experiences, man. Yeah, I learned a lot of cool make stuff. Make a lot of connections. Yes, mm-hmm. and you know, I tell my, I tell a lot of people like, oh man, you know, people are like, you kids need to go to college. Well, yes, I agree, but I don't necessarily think it's for. I don't necessarily think it's to go to college so you can have this degree to get a certain job. I think you do need that for certain jobs, but I think you go to college as a young person to get experience, to meet and connect with people, mm-hmm. to network with people. And that's the same thing we did when we joined the military. We mm-hmm. got to join, we got to network, we got to experience um, and see people who've been through it. Um, we've seen our NCOs who, where they were at, we saw guys who did four years, got out and got a job somewhere else yeah. and got a, you know, and you hear these stories. So it makes you know that, Hey, I can do that. Um, so, I love I love the military experience, man, and I'm glad that you're doing it because I think that you're going to be you're going to have this. And trust me, when you're 40 years old, like we are, you know, or not him yet, but you you can look back and you can tell people, man, it was the, one of the best decisions I ever made. You know, I could look back and think about a lot of stuff. The day I graduated basic training, 
was one of the best freaking feelings I ever had. And that was only for a couple months of work. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that feeling of just standing there at the bomb run, just walking, I was right. <laughs> felt like the man at that moment, right? So you know the deal. I mean, that's the way we all felt. You felt it. Everybody out there who was in the military and sure. graduated a basic training, they felt it. Cool. All right. Sure. Such a good feeling. So inside of that, I mean, we might be a little bit past the five-liner. I think so. Inside of your career, what would you say is has been your proudest moment? Yeah, career-wise. Great question. Uh, that is a good one. Probably when I deployed through the first F-15C squadron. I, I worked on C's, so there's ESCs and E's. We were air-to-air, EMAs are air-to-ground. We were the first ones to deploy in 17 years, I think it was. Wow. Might have been longer. It might have been longer than that. No, it was about 17 years, right after 9-11, so maybe a little bit longer than that, yeah. Wow. And I was... It was me and it was me and four, other, five other guys. We went down there. We're the first ones down there. We got we got it all set up. It's called Avon. We're the first ones down there. Get everything set up, and we recovered all the jets. And then we the first ones launch them out. It was, it was really fun, really cool. Actually doing something though. Four years of training, and then you finally get to go do something with meaning. It's real, yeah. Cool. That's yeah. cool. I I did four years and zero yeah. I didn't see anything I literally didn't go I mean it was like well, I was, I was pre 9-11 I got TY yeah. but I mean this is pre 9-11 this wasn't like yeah, no yeah, nothing was time. nothing was going time. on we went overseas and it was just like vacation you went up there you only, you begged to go people were like can I please go overseas because you wanted to make that extra cash yeah. it was like but because it, it was literally like no worry well, that, no that, yeah, problem that's how it was for us because like I said we were the first ones in 17 years right so we, we I went on so many TYs and it was just chill and then they call us up like yeah you guys are going this is real. I'm like oh, oh right, yeah here we go but you know what's cool is you're in the Air Force too you send the pilots out yeah you're like hey man yeah. where's the coffee guys <laughs> right so but you know obviously you care about those pilots you want to make sure their aircraft's perfect that's mm-hmm. the job of the crew chief to be make sure you hand over that you know for say key to the pilot let him and launch him out which you're cool did you have a cool little no, no, I never. I actually never. Yeah, I never did that. We call it Free South Friday. Yeah, I never did one. Right, I never did. I was just scared. I did <laughs> one. I mess up. You did. One? I, I did one. They they would let me let them out. You know, we were just a yeah, yeah, they, 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 they might do it. But yeah, but we like every one of them. A lot of the guys had their own little thing, but I I just did a silly one. I would do like the Running Man when I was doing this, yeah. and I do the Cabbage Patch when I let them out. <laughs> it was just stupid, but it was funny. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah, it's fun seeing people do it, but I never could do it. Yeah, <laughs> no, not me. I would have messed up. Your dad totally would have done it. Oh, yeah, yeah, he definitely would. He would hit all him day. with some breaking stuff. Yeah. Like <laughs> he might even do the worm on the ground and let him out. No, I always, I had, I had a lot of fun, you know. Um, so I, I, I can imagine with you being deployed, you being TDY, you being in a real life situation. I, I can't imagine what, what that would have been like. It's got to be scary, you know. It's, mm-hmm. it's not. It's it's never fun to go somewhere where they're like, this is for real. This isn't like a training mission. Yeah. This is like a for real mission. Mm-hmm. So. So your aircraft, your C, you said that's air to air. Yeah, that's cool. So they, these were like pi- these were fighter fighter pilots. Yeah, these ain't yeah. the ones that just come in, drop some stuff, and roll out. No, these are no, ones that were like like yeah. th- like dog fights. Yeah, wow, mm-hmm. that's cool. So you hung out with some. Those are some elite dudes that are flying those aircraft. Yeah. They, at least yeah. they have to feel the that way. World, yeah. They have to be. Yeah, I mean, every time we go, like I said, when we go to UI, we usually fly with other countries or other aircraft when we're yeah. training because we're still we're still working, but it's usually for training. Right. And we always just dominated everyone. I'm sure you did. All everyone. the training missions. Yeah. yeah, they were like, got you. Mm-hmm. They hit him with the Top Gun mm-hmm. stuff where he just like pulls up. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Iceman. So <laughs> that is really cool, actually, because I never even thought about that. 
because I unfortunately dealt with mostly new pilots, guys who didn't even know that OFF means not official, it means, yeah. it means off. I'm about to be doing that now that I'm going to Seymour. Yeah, you'll so, see a lot more of that. Maybe training squadron. So. Yeah. But that's that's but that's that's really good because you've been right there with the elite. And that in and, and transitioning to, to our world right. and to what we understand, I mean we I mean we've we've consistently been putting other people inside of the vehicle to put themselves in harm's way on the streets of America, trusting their lives inside of a inside of a piece of machinery to do what they need to do. I know that's a crazy side of correlation from an F fifteen jet to a Nissan Versa, but we we put people inside of what takes them into what the fire that they're going into in life. We hand them those keys and trust that it's supposed to do what it's supposed to do, just like a crew chief is trusting. Everything has been checked out. Everything is doing what it's supposed to do, mm-hmm. and I'm responsible for what has to be done if it ends when it gets back to mm-hmm. here. Yeah. But you're also dealing with the elite of the elite, which would be what we grew up with in, in this business. We've dealt and been around some really incredible car guys and car gals. We've learned some from some from some really great people that we honor and love and can't give enough appreciation towards. Um, but now it gives us a chance for this new generation that's coming up oh, yeah. to take what we've been brewed with and be able to pour that into them. And that's what you're getting ready to do going to this new station. You're going to take, hey, I've been with the great ones. I've been with the best of the best that are with us right now. The best of the best of the best. Sir, yeah, with honors, mm-hmm. you've been with them. You know what I mean. And you're taking them uh, I mean, now. These new guys, yeah. telling them, "Hey, I've been there, and you're about to go here, and hopefully you can become what it is that these men were." But I've seen the great ones. Now it's your chance to become that, and that's a pretty awesome opportunity. That is, that's I'm just all cool. filled with well, they're gonna, they're gonna, about pro- it. they're gonna probably know, like they're gonna hear about some of the pilots that you were the crew chief for. You know, I'm sure. You know, they're gonna be like, "Yeah, man, <laughs> tell me about that guy." What's, you know, whatever, but you being at a different level now, being an NCO, going to this new duty station, you're going to have a completely different, how long have you been an NCO now? Uh, September of last year, so. Yeah, so now Since you're going to be somewhere where you're only known as an NCO, mm-hmm. you know yeah. what I mean? It's a whole yeah, I don't game, know, bro. I don't know anybody. Where, where I'm going, I don't know a few people at the base, but you know I'm going to. They might know one, one They person. might just have you. They might just have you setting up all the sorties, just sitting down doing nothing. Yeah, hopefully. Maintenance schedule. Ma- you know, you'll be the the maintenance manager. You know, you just sit there and go. <laughs> yeah. Here's your schedule, guys. For those of you that can't see, you work see, swings. You work mids. <laughs> what it is that that we're we're talking to here? Um, for those of you that are oh, this is Lou's son. So you might be thinking maybe the 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 look of uh, of me, my stature, my height. My size, no, no sounds, nothing at all like, like that. When he walked so, into his house, I was like, oh, I forgot how tall he was. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Devin, just to give a backstory to, to us and us coming together, uh, I met Devin when he was two years old, and uh, basically we built a family together, adopted him, taking him on as my own son, and building him up and raising him completely as my own. I don't know any different. He's my first child before I had anybody That's born not your blood. Son? blood. <laughs> can't see? You can't tell? You can't see that? I just thought he had tiffs, more of Tiff genes. Than... So he is on the complete opposite end. So I Devin mean, is very fair skinned. That's your blood, though, your whole life. I've, that's all I know him as is your son. So. But he's like six, <laughs> what are you, three? Four? Three. three. Yeah. It all looks It all looks Probably nine feet about, to me. What, about 230? So, yeah. 240? Yeah, he's a big yeah. boy. I mean, so, it's, not, it's not fat either, guys. I mean, it's a big no, dude. A so this is, a gi- this is a giant man inside yeah. of the military. You don't have too many people no. of this size 
that are just walking around all the time. He definitely stands out in all of his crew, and they got to do special things to get him right yeah. inside of the pictures. And he's the one guy that doesn't need a ladder to reach up to a bunch of things uh, on an aircraft. You know, it's kind of kind of awesome. But he's this big authority giant person. You know what I mean? You know how many times people kind of laughed and didn't believe me when I when like I would stand in front of him to defend him and be like, "Who are you?" And be like, "That's my son." And they'd be like, "What?" Just like people right now, when I look at them and be like, yeah, I got four kids and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, whatever, boy, you lying to me. No. Same scenario here. So when you, when you to give you a picture of Devin, he's six foot three, 230, 240 pounds, depending on what we ate today. And <laughs> looks, I mean, he's he's a big man. And, uh, and and it's awesome. And inside of that uniform, you know, he's he looks looks like a, I mean, I'm, again, I'm a little biased, you know, but... He, he, he's a giant guy, um, and that authority that he's going to walk in is going to be pretty strong going into a new station, just like anybody transitioning to a new job in a new place. Um, for those of you that have jumped jobs and have taken on a new authority role going where it is that you are in this business, uh, know that you are packed up with the tools and the experience that you've had going forward. Take that with you and, and, and invite the challenge. Invite what it is that you're, you're worried about. Uh, maybe not getting right, and don't be afraid uh, to to maybe make mistakes, but make sure that you use what you have and honor what it is that you've been uh, been privileged to be experienced with all the way up until now. But the transition from uh, following to leading is 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 a stressful one, no matter how you look at it. Uh, but if you you can take it on with excitement and a smile um, and have some fun, this has been a long five liner. Yeah. That I think turned into six, which is good because this is brew number six. Yeah, okay, perfect. Six liner. Yep. We got Fred Lenartz, the subprime hero. That's me. Lou Ramirez, the car guy. And we got his son. And my boy, Devin T. Gordon. Hello, man. Yep. We will be right back and we're going to talk about a few new things. Talk to you soon. Let's have some fun. Car guys and car gals, let's brew. Let's We are back. We are back with Devin. And Devin, thank you for being here on the show. Thanks for being part of the Five Liner. Hope you had fun doing that. Yeah, it's good, man. Um, we could have just kept that going and forever and talking. We it, was so, it was so easy. It was but a we good had flow. to give you guys a break. Yeah, we did. You know, and it, I had a great time t- catching up, thinking about the Air Force again. It brought back a lot of those flashback memories for me. <laughs> it went through really quick. And you're going to come up with a bunch more memories. I'm excited about you uh, getting over here to North Carolina and uh, doing your thing there. Cause just go in there with confidence. So I'm going to tell you. So we are at the next part of our show. It is fresh news. Fresh news. We're going to be talking about what mm, would be considered Hot Wheels. Hot Wheels. You know what, what I'm talking about. Hot Wheels. Hot I mean a lot of things when I mean Hot Wheels. And I don't mean the little things that you can get inside of a plastic package. I mean... The most bought and stolen vehicles in the United States. And other countries. And other countries. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead because I have a few other countries I want to throw out. So, yeah. The United States. Let's talk about the most stolen vehicle in the United States. Number 10. Number 10. Number 10. What What would you... What would be your guess at that? 
Number 10? Right. Yeah, number 10. Not quite the most, but made the top 10. Barely got in there. At 9,818 times last year, this vehicle has been stolen. Chevy Cruze. I'm going to just throw it out there. Not at all close, but I appreciate your efforts. <laughs> I had to throw it out there. The Jeep Grand Cherokee. Grand Cherokee. The Grand Whoa. Cherokee. 9,818 times that vehicle has been stolen. Wow. Whew. Wow. Wow. So, number 10. What's been the most most bought vehicle worldwide? You know, most bought vehicle worldwide. You know, I, I don't know. I don't have that stat, to be honest with you. I do have stats that are um, about the most vehicle most bought vehicle in every country. I do have that. So what I have, let's say, we'll start with America. Let's just go with that. Okay. So United States, um, I'm going to let Devin get this quick one. What do you think? The number one selling vehicle since 1948 in the United States. Ford F-150? That is what? it. Bingo! What? He hit it right on the money. That is the number one selling vehicle. How would you know that? I think I read it somewhere. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Because I'm sure they talk wow. about it. I, if I was Ford, I would brag about it. It'd probably be on my commercials. That's crazy. Yeah, I think I've seen that in the commercials too. I think I've heard it. I think I've read it, and I think I've also brailed read it. <laughs> you know so saying? how many? How many since then have been bought? Now this stat says they have had thirty million. Thirty million roll off the lines for production for sale. Wow, that's a lot of that's a lot of F one fifty. Ford Tough. That is Ford Tough right there. So that's yeah, that's quite a bit of units being pushed out there, and that's just the United States, the F one fifty, and I can imagine it's probably sold in a lot of other countries. Wow! So what do we got for our number nine most stolen vehicle, in the United States? We're gonna keep it inside of the uh, the the Chrysler family. Okay. Um, it is a Do- it's basically the Ram Dodge pickup. That's what they're calling it, Dodge pickup. Eleven thousand two hundred and twenty six times. Hmm. Interesting. Wow. That's a that's a lot of that's a lot of people that are not really driving their car. You know, when you see somebody, oh, well, I don't know where I'm from. When you see somebody riding around on a nice bicycle, you'd be like, that ain't his bike. You know what I mean? How many Rams are riding around like that ain't his Ram? You know what I mean? I don't no. know. You'd be like, man, that ain't no. his Ram. I know that ain't his car. No, no. So I'm gonna go with the next country. You know, and and I would say probably I'm gonna go with Russia. Russia. Mother Russia. All right. So from 1980 to 2015. Now, I'm not even going to ask you guys the name of this car because I've never heard of it. Oh, you might know it. Let's see. Let's see. This what is just the worldwide uh, over here. What do you think? In Russia, it's, it's not. An, I'm going to tell you, it's not a name that's made in America. Fiat. Nope. One more guess. Nope. Okay. So. <laughs> It's called Lara Riva. L A D A. Yeah, I know, right? L A D A is the first word. Second word is R I V A. So I'm going to say Lara is probably the name of the company and Riva is the name of the actual make of the vehicle, not make hmm. with the model, excuse me. Hmm. Lara so, Riva. And it's, that is 15 million that they've sold in that country. This thing looks like super cool. ugly. Uh, <laughs> but you know what's funny? Oh, crazy that you said Fiat. It actually is based off of the Fiat, so that's where they got the idea for the vehicle. So <laughs> that is crazy, what man! You, you are just like me? on fire tonight. Are you kidding me? Wow! Wow! So awesome. that is funny that you said that. Uh, it's but a faux Fiat. Yeah, 
So any look that up, people. L A D A R I V A. A lot of river. You know what I'm saying? Hey, if you ain't got enough ocean, you need to get a lot of river. river. (laughs) So, all right. So, what is number ocho? Number eight. Still giving you guys a hint. Still inside of the uh, the pickup family. Okay. Um, Beats it by not much more. Eleven thousand seven hundred and eight times stolen. It's if it's in the pickup, pick it up. Toyota Tacoma. I'm gonna guess Toyota Tacoma. No, I don't know. No, we're. Inside of the GMC, he went GMC with, pickups. Not GMC. even calling it Chevy. It's Sierra. The, GMCs, the Sierra. It's the Sierra. That's right. They have been stolen eleven thousand seven hundred and eight times. Stop it. I'm gonna drop down to cars real quick. We'll jump into number seven. Uh, Twelve thousand three hundred and eighty-eight times. It's a car. It's a car. It's a Toyota Camry. Woo! Wow, was that right on the That was so close. Wow. Corolla? You're almost there. The Corolla. The Corolla. You I wouldn't have never guessed it if he didn't. Wow. You know what's so funny? And I'm not going to joke. My next country is Japan. And it's pretty easy. I would guess that you know the make of Japan. What's the number one selling make, right? Toyota. Yeah. And guess what car it is? Camry. The Corolla. Nope. It's the Corolla. And weird... Bingo! We just twinned it up. That's like a that's like a ditto moment. Yeah. Yellow. So that's twelve point that's twelve point six five million sold since nineteen sixty six in, in just Japan alone. Wow. Wow. They have this really cool vintage one they're showing a picture of too, and it's like it's got the old like it's white. It's got the mirrors in the front part. You know, like where it's like almost in the front of the see, hood. Let me see that. Turn that around. Let's see that. Bing bong. Look at that. Oh wow. Yeah. That's old okay. school. Just changed up. Okay. Oh, I changed it. So, anyway, so what was he, what do we got for number six? Since we're in episode six, episode six, thirteen thousand two hundred eighty-four times, somebody said, "Give me your ride." Give you a hint. It's still a car. Hmm. It's a sedan. Four door. One of the best-selling mid-size sedans. Right now, they just changed body styles. Nissan Altima. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> guys, I'm telling you, he cannot see my screen. For those of you guys who think that I'm playing around, he cannot see my screen. And I know exactly how he how he broke that decision down. Devin currently is in the market for a vehicle, and he uh, just, just uh, bid just. Uh, hit the click button on getting the vehicle himself and knows that the transition of the body styles on the Altima just changed and he just bought himself a Maxima, got himself a daddy car, um, looking good. Um, but yeah, that's how that's that's how you knew that, isn't oh, it? Almost a Maxima. This man is oh, on man, fire. He's doing it, folks. Am I? Hey, <laughs> you picked the right one, 50-50, and he got the right 50 hey. side of it. He got the head Nissan side Nissan Altima, 13,284 wow. times stolen. Wow. I mean, it's a nice whip, man. I mean, I would say if I was a, if I was going to steal something, I'm going to steal a very popular car that blends in really quick because it's a good-looking car, but it's a popular car. So it's going to be easy to drive down the street. There's going to be multiple of those, right? Yeah. Awesome. Well, so in Brazil, Brazil's very hot with the Volkswagens. I'm going to give you a tip. I'm, not even, I'm actually not even going to ask you to guess because this is not made in America. Um, I don't even know if it's made in Germany. Germany. This is called the Volkswagen 
Goal, G-O-L. They've been making those since 1980. And hmm. never heard of it. Not the golf? Not the golf. It's gold. Gold. It's gold. Almost gold. Yeah, it, it's, it looks very similar to the golf, but it's not. Maybe it's missing. Maybe yeah. it's not front-wheel drive. Maybe it's rear-wheel drive. So it's called gold. No, <laughs> no F for front-wheel. I don't know. But that being said, 8 million were wow. sold in Brazil since 1980. Million. That's a lot of cars. Yeah. That's a lot of cars. That's a whole lot, you know. And, and Volkswagen, being a German company that's all the way down in Brazil, that's pretty That's pretty big for them. Wow. No wonder they're still doing their thing around everywhere around the world. So. Well, jumping to number five in <laughs> the other side of the Hot Wheels, most stolen rides by about 3,700 more steals. The direct competitor to the Nissan Altima. Who would that be? For those of you that are out there, for those of you car guys and car gals that got a name brand over your building, who would be the most competitive vehicle against the Nissan Altima? In five, four, three, two, one. Toyota? Camry. That's right. The Toyota Camry. He was going to say it too, see? He was in fuego. 16,906 times the Toyota Camry has been stolen. To be specific on the, so on model year 2017, it was 1,144 times in the U.S. that vehicle has been stolen. That's a lot of steals. Why am I crazy and I like the Nissans better? I don't know why. I, I know that the book doesn't tell you that. But I think Nissan's a better product. Always have. So that's just me. I'm, that's just I'm me. a Nissan fan. I used to run a Nissan store. I loved them. I, um, I, I, I fell fell in love with the Maxima. Uh, I really, really enjoy the Nissan brand. But they definitely make it more sporty. They're the ones that try to introduce the Maxima as the uh, four-door sports car. Yeah. That's how they, they, they spoke about it. And that's what it is. That's a fun car to drive. Um, I, I really, feel really like enjoy the Maxima. Sporty. It's like the difference between... You know, in German, you know, you're looking at if you're looking at a Mercedes or a BMW, I find the BMW to be more sporty than the Mercedes. Mercedes to me is more like grandpa, though I love Mercedes. Yeah. But you get in a Benz, it's like, shoot. Yeah, the Benz, you, you, you're going to enjoy a nice, comfortable, dependable yeah. ride. Right, right. The, the Nissan. Same way, same way, I think. You're going to want to drive. The BMW yeah. is ultimate driving machine. You're going to want to go drive that. You know what I mean? That's. So, yeah, I completely get that. That's very, yeah, very, But very I've always liked Nissan more than Toyota, me personally. But, you know, Toyota's just some reason when it comes to books and all that type of stuff, they just hold value a little bit better. But great product. Great product, not take, both of them. Not, not taking them so, away. you I know, more than Nissan, so. that's a great one. Um, so in Germany, in Germany, with all the cool cars that they make from Porsche to BMW, they, you know, obviously they make Volkswagen. That's where I'm going to go with it. Volkswagen's with the number one selling car in Germany is what would be the number one selling Volkswagen for right now? Over Golf. Golf. That is. It's exactly what it is in Germany. Seven million sold since 1974. The Volkswagen Golf. Wow. Look at you. <laughs> I mean, he's on it. He knows what he knows his game. He knows his car game, man. That's runs in the family. I'm telling mm. you. He knows what's up. Wow. But yeah, that is a very popular car in Germany. I lived there for five years and. I was there during the 80s and the early 90s, and it was all over the streets in Volkswagens, everywhere. So What they, I have noticed uh, being overseas and just really out of the U.S. is that they are more about having smaller... Yeah, roads aren't quite know, as big. It's, know, they're older roads, so they're, they were built, you know, 
horse and buggy straight up. Mm-hmm. I mean, so as the as time goes by and the, even the way their towns are built, building to building, it's it's they're so close compared it's it. to. Yeah, you so you can't have get to, more road. So you're never they're never gonna you know move those buildings. They're never gonna do that. They keep they try to keep it now, especially with conservation. They're trying to keep everything as original as things are. So they it's about the smaller cars because you really want to get around. You want to find parking. You want to find this over there. It's you know it's not about hey I got the biggest baddest SUV or car or whatever. It's about hey I got a compact car that's easy to drive and most of them drive five speeds six speeds. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, you don't see a lot of trucks over there unless you're. Working government, yeah, or not government, yeah, too. something like yeah. that. You know, it's it's all got to be something to do with you know industry. It's not usually for the everyday person. You know, you're not mm-hmm. gonna. What do they call trucks over there, in in England? Trucks. Ah, uh, there's another name they have for them. If, if you're talking to a local, because I got I got lost a couple times just walking around there when we were trying to find where we were staying, mm-hmm. and the lady told me that there was a few. Fill in the word trucks, but what they call them over there, I still don't even know where the the word came from. But they call them lorries. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's more like semis. Or big no. trucks, yeah, yeah. Big trucks, yeah. yeah. Um, lorry. Yeah, I didn't. I've, seen that. I've heard of. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, no doubt different. But yeah. anyway, yeah. Speaking of trucks, F one fifty. But you're getting close. Now, this is a big jump. This is like a serious jump. From 16,906 times stolen, the Toyota Camry, to 31,566 times stolen. It's it a is Chevy, a truck. Chevy Silverado. It's the Chevy Silverado. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, wow. I mean, it's way easier to steal a truck. Which I will highlight real quick, looking at this entire list. There isn't a German car on the top ten list. There's not a German car Must touching be this. Still. That, that, that's, uh, that's an interesting stat I am just now discovering. Uh, I'm looking on every list I can see, and I don't see a German make. That's pretty impressive. Um, but moving on. So number four is the Chevy Silverado. 31,000 times. 5,000 more times is none other than... The Ford F-150. Bam! Hitting no, number three on the list. It's like he's been doing this his whole life. Yes, very good answer. So, you know, getting down the list, talking about now back to the can most you, sold cars. Can you see my screen? Nah, it's not see-through. Lou, I think he's 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 just guessing them right he's on the money. He's just good like that. He guys, what's up? You, he's so smart. Now, the Czech Republic. Now, there's this is a brand that I have never heard of either and once again now this brand has been around since 1996 in the Czech Republic's probably since they've been allowed to have cars in the Czech Republic um, <laughs> 1996 they've sold 6.4 million of them it is called the Skoda Octavia Ooh, that's fun to say S-K-O-D-A Skoda is the name of the car maker the make is actually the model pardon me again is Octavia O-C-T-A-V-I-A it's not a bad looking car. I mean, it's, it's you know, the patriotic Czechs have elevated the Octavia to a very solid number one in the country's overall ranking with 6.4 million finding homes since the model's launch in 1996. Wow, that's their own country's make. So it's a pretty big deal to them. So they're doing their thing, man. So cool hmm. beans to what them. Is that? What is, it looks like... It looks almost like, like a, a Ford. Uh, it looks semi Mitsubishi. Yeah, maybe. I'm almost. not sure what that is, but it's something. Hmm. It is something. Maybe 
Almost like a Mitsubishi uh, Subaru mix. I'm going to skip up one more. I'm going to go to one that you should... Hopefully, I can get Devin to guess this one right. This is the United Kingdom's number one selling vehicle. I get a hint. I'm going to give you a hint. It is not an English-made or a United Kingdom-made vehicle. And I'll give you one more hint. It's a U.S.-made vehicle. Mm-hmm. Ford. Fusion. Nope. No. Nope. Smaller than that, even. Smaller than that. A Focus? No. If you What's, what's a celebration? A fiesta. Forever. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> <laughs> so it is the Ford Fiesta. That has wow. been in the United Kingdom since 1974. Wow. Yeah. 4.5 million sold. Ford product in the United Kingdom. They're like, you know, Range Rover, Land Rover. I don't think so. So that's pretty interesting. I wouldn't have guessed Ford Fiesta, to be honest with you. That's why I'm sure that's why it was so hard to pick. Did you see a lot of those over there? No, you saw a lot of BMWs and Small bit, yeah. Volkswagens. Yeah, I would think Volkswagens would be pretty yeah. hot. I would have guessed a Volkswagen there because it's so close to Germany. It, it, I mean, yeah. cost a well, I was going to guess BMW until you told me it was American made. Yeah. yeah. And then it starts getting like, hello. What you got, Lou? What you got on the next one? On the um, most storing hot, hotness vehicle in the United States. <laughs> All right. So... We do not own rights to this song. We do not own the rights to this song. But we love this damn song. <laughs> Come on, who doesn't love some Lionel? Then have some fun. That's right. This is really the one line I'm looking for. Not this one. Let the music play on. I know which line it is. Everybody sing. Everybody dance. I love this part. Lose yourself in wild romance. We're going to party. Fiesta forever. Come on, let me see. One more time, everybody. Fiesta forever. Come on and sing along. Oh, night. Have me start singing on our podcast. I said I wouldn't go. Go ahead. said I wouldn't Turn it up, guys. Turn it up. If you're in your car, turn it up. If you're not, whatever, turn it up. One spin, you know you want and then we're done. Body. You know you want to shake All right. it. All there right. you go. So, wow. let's see. That's such a good song. Got, got, man, I'm all distracted. I want to dance like crazy. But we are going to go ahead Let the and music play on. to numero dos. Number two, number at 36,815 times stolen. This has been a hot wheel. For some of the longest, I remember helping people get a quote on their insurance and finding out that this was so many years, the most bought and stolen vehicle in the United States, specifically the United States. So here's the hint. It is a midsize sedan. And to make it even easier for everybody, it is another direct competitor to the Nissan Altima and the Toyota Camry. That would be the Honda Accord. Bing, 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 bing. You are correct, <laughs> Mr. Subprime Hero. Because I know that. I definitely know that those are all competitors three right there. The, I did not. The Honda Accord, which um, we had the chance to have an Accord inside of the house. My daughter, uh, her second vehicle, she upgraded to a better mm. 
vehicle, she had uh, an accord. She felt as though it was a step backwards because it was a year older. But that vehicle was so good to them. I mean, you they drove that to Florida and back. Oh, they had such a, a I mean, it was a good, good car. Um, great vehicles, but for so many years, the most bought and stolen vehicles and why interest, uh, interest, insurance, insurance, uh, insurance. quotes would be so like you would see young people or people that are thinking they're they're making a great decision on a good sensible sedan be like why is my insurance so high and then you'd be like well try the eclipse <laughs> and then the eclipse is better you know what i mean um it, it's crazy but uh yeah the honda accord number two wow number two well before you get to number one i want to throw a couple of these out so obviously i'm i don't i'm gonna just throw this out really fast i'm not even gonna ask canada Obviously, like trucks, Ford F one fifty. They've been they've been hot up there too. Man, it's crazy. Canada Ford F one fifty has the Northern America Northern unlock. America unlock. But I wanted to throw this one out here. Um, Italy, you've been to Italy before, right? Yeah. What would you think Italy's number one selling small car is? Small. <laughs> it is small. I'm gonna give you that real quick. Is it? Is it what he what he said earlier? He did say the yeah, name earlier. You, mentioned, earlier? you said yeah. this name earlier. I you got it wrong. You said the name of the company earlier for sure. Did I? Yeah. yeah. I'm thinking of the commercials. It swims. The Fiat. Fiat. <laughs> so theirs is called the Fiat Uno, which is their hottest one there. It is tiny. It is, it's a Fiat One Uno. <laughs> Hello. It actually was only made for 11 years, and it's still the number one selling car wow. ever. 1983 to 1994, they sold $4 million of those things in 11 years. That's like a lot for a, a country that size. Mm -hmm. So, wow, that's huge. And I'm going to throw one more out there before we go uh, to, the, to the number one, because um, I'm sure this number one stolen car is going to be pretty on the point. I want to throw this one out here because I've never heard of this. This is American-made company, Ford, in Australia. They have the number one selling vehicle. They quit selling them and making them and selling them in 2016. They were made from 1960 to 2016. Sold over 3 million of them. Never heard of it. It's the Ford... Do you guys have any idea what no, it would be? No it's the Ford Falcon. The Falcon. Hmm. This thing, I don't know. Body style on this thing, never seen it. I've got to show you guys this real quick. This body style. That looks so Subaru. Very, is, that color is making me feel the, It's the color, but it's like it, it's the, the tail end, everything looks so different. You know, I've never seen a Ford product that looked like that. So that's, wow. that's a unique vehicle. Guys, look that up. People, car guys, brewers, car gals, check it out. The Ford Falcon. I might try to get one imported just because I want to be like, I got a Ford Falcon. Yeah. Or you, you can look for the Mondeo, which <laughs> was, <laughs> was a body style that what didn't have a correlation to us either. Yeah. It didn't, it wasn't the same. There was nothing like it here. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy, isn't it? So, yeah, that is where I'm at. So, what's the number one hottest stolen vehicle in the United States of America? Dun, dun, dun. What I would you see. guess it is? What would you guess? What, what would be the guesses out there? Any more hints? Say again? Any more hints? I'm not going to give any any hints. hints? On, in, in, in let, if you get it right, you get it right. Um, but I'll let you guys each get a guess, and then I'll give you a hint. After you? I'll give you a movie. I'm going to guess that I said it already. It's Toyota Tacoma. I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. 
It's one that everyone always asks me if we have, and we never have one. <laughs> this is that. This is that too. This is we. If we ever get one of these on the lot, you don't keep it for long. This is always good merch. Did we say Silverado already? We oh, did. I think I know what it is. It's smaller than the ones you compared it to, but it is made by Honda. And it is the Honda Civic. Is that not right? That is correct. God bless America. Thank bong. you for stealing that car. <laughs> yes. I mean, I, I just when I start to think about it, I think about cars since I was old enough to drive. Before I was old enough to drive, what was what was cars that I probably thought was stolen pretty easy? Yeah, I was going to give a whole Fast and Furious reference talking yes. about Honda. Oh, yeah. But them Honda Civics, man, they they are they are very, very they were very customizable, so that was very easy to steal and chop it up because mm -hmm. you could do all kinds of crazy stuff and do things with them. And the Fast and Furious era definitely brought that out. But it, it was even hot to drop them back in the nineties. We used to see so many of those just drop down lows, all can be fourteen inch wheels, Dayton spokes. Yeah, I mean low it, it got for me. It was it got sick when. You saw them do that maneuver in Fast and Furious at the very first Fast and Furious, yeah, where yeah. they get they get underneath the truck. Something that you always think about, like, oh man, I wonder if you can actually do that, and blah blah blah. And they did it in the movie, and that was so wow. Then when that when they made that happen, um, the Honda Civic is a hot car, uh, and it's a dependable unit. That every time, I mean. You never really get anybody to be like, yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> Just about every time when I get to show them anything inside of its class, they usually would lean to that. And that would even be compared to a Sentra. Yeah. I would still side by side take that over the Sentra, even though I think the Sentra is nice. Um, and that class of car, I would lean more towards the Civic. But 38,426 times people thought, you know what? That is a hot ride. I want that. Give me it. The 2000 model was stolen 5,290 times last year. The 2000 model Honda Civic. Wow. So like a 20-year-old car. Must be one where you just need a screwdriver going there and just go... Tsh -tsh -tsh -tsh. Let's go. Let's roll out. Yeah. But car guys and car gals and all of you out there that have enjoyed this little pot of fresh news... Uh, thank you for joining us. We still have Devin here with us. We do. This is Lou Ramirez, the car guy. This is Fred Arts, the subprime hero. And we will be right back. Let's brew. Yay, yay. Hey, we are back. Yes, car guys and car gals. Welcome. What's up, Brewers? Welcome. Welcome. Everybody get ready, because <laughs> we are about to enter into a fun moment where we have another Car Guy Confession, confession session. session. Oh, yeah. Joining us is still our special guest, Mr. Devin Teagarden. Excuse you, Sergeant Teagarden. Yes. <laughs> I tried not to use his rank, simply because... There are certain limitations that they're allowed to. Uh, I agree. A, able to endorse, and but I, I this is my son, and I can have my son yeah. on the air um, however I want. Uh, but but if that gets you in any trouble, son, please no, just no, make, make sure that that doesn't just. All right, just, I didn't say that. All right, whatever. Moving on. So, Devin, we just discussed the most bought 
and stolen vehicles, what we would consider Hot Wheels, hot, um, hot wheels. throughout the world and uh, inside of America. But you have a little event that has happened where you were the victim of a Hot Wheel scenario. Oh, yeah. I was, yeah. His wheels were hot. Yes, they were. Somebody looked at his ride and said, you know what? I want that. I'm going to take it. I'm going to just make that mine. As a matter of fact, let's just do that. Devin, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, well, it was about two years ago. <laughs> I had my vehicle stolen from me. <laughs> uh, it wasn't even a nice car. It was a, it was a Rover. I don't know if you ever heard of that. I think, I think Ford made it, I want to say. Okay. They don't make them anymore. They stopped making them in like 2005 to, to European car. Yeah, I got it for free, so nice. it was the window didn't roll up. It was it was a it was a it was a, what, you, what you get out of a free car. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I live right off base too, which surprisingly, right off base is where most of the crime happened over there. Right. I knew a guy that had his they sawed his tailpipe off. I've had people get their wheels stolen, cinder block on everything. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't the best neighborhood, but uh. Yeah, one day, well, yeah, one morning I woke up and my car, my car wasn't there. I was, I was like, "What the heck? Did I park it down the road?" And I started freaking out. And I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. I called my mom. I was like, "I think my car got stolen. I don't know what to do." She's like, "Well, you gotta call the cops." I was like, "All right." They have a, they like a, they have a non-emergency and an emergency line. So I called the non-emergency because I wasn't, I wasn't in danger or anything. And they told me to email the. Emailed the police. I was like, okay, I'll email them. Emailed them. <laughs> Went, had to call. Yeah, emailed them. Which, by the way, I never got an email back. <laughs> yeah. Then I, yeah, then, uh, alright, so I, that got stolen. Then I had to call work. I got to come, come get picked up. Then I had to go to the on-base cops and pretty much tell them, yeah, my car got stolen because I had, uh, I had some Kim gear in the back, mm. which I ended up having to pay like 500 bucks. My gas mash that sucked. That does. Yeah. So I gave I gave uh, my statement there and everything. And they're like, all right, we'll uh, keep a lookout for it, or we'll get we'll get the local authorities. And I was like, okay, cool. Um. So it was like two days later. I get a call. I was I was at home. I was off work. I was on swing shifts. So this was the mid afternoon. Yeah. Like noon. I get a call. They're like, you know, uh, have you has, sec has security forces called you? I was like, no. Why? Like, yeah, they they found your car. Off base, I was like, all right. And they gave me the number to some some officer, and he called me, or I, I called him. He's like, yeah, we found your car. Uh, you're gonna need a tow truck to get it out of this lady's yard. I was like, okay. And then they gave me the address. I want to go get it. And this thing was somebody they ripped the wheels off of it. It was empty. It looked like they were hauling farm animals around, and it was it was, it was disgusting. <laughs> but yeah, they took everything. So I had to, had to get a tow truck, get it towed, and then security forces called me like, yeah, we need you to come in. I was like, all right, cool. I guess it sounded normal. Go in. Because my car got found. I was like, all right, cool. I go in, and they start uh, going down their whole list, talking to me, asking me questions. And they were like, do you know why you're here? I was like, well, yeah, yeah. My, my car got found. I'm here to, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I'm here to answer whatever questions you have. You they, told me to come in. Yeah, you told me to come in, so I'm in. Like, now you're getting charged with the Article 107. I was like, 
What? What is that? <laughs> they're like, yeah. They, they, they said that I uh, lied about my car getting stolen. That, I, that I'm on that ditch. They, they, they thought I'm on that ditch. And I never filed a police report. And so, they were about to charge me an Article 107. They were taking my fingerprints. Like, nobody knew what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. That sucked. And then... Wow. Yeah. And then I, I had to finally show them. I was like, yeah, I emailed them and everything. This was after, because I was there for two hours before they even told me why I was there. Yeah. After I gave my fingerprints, which I should have known something's up after when that happened. That. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that was, that was, that. That was my story. My wow. So, <laughs> everyone I'm sure is curious. Obviously, you didn't get charged with anything. No, no, I didn't get charged with anything. Didn't get charged. So, you know, that is just a information in, incorrect information to the police you know obviously Devin didn't do anything wrong there he got his car stolen it was miscommunicated the yeah. local police obviously didn't do they, it's a it's a neighborhood just like any neighborhood here in the United States when it's a bad neighborhood they probably don't show up near as much they yeah. probably are like well it's not a gunshot or and there was some fraud going on you know recently in that time I think we talked about that that some people were doing some stuff to their car or messing it up um, and so I, yeah, so I guess they were maybe profiling you, um, which whatever, you know, it's, so, it's crazy that you then get the finger in your face of you're the one that did this yeah. when you're like, my car just had farm animals in it and I don't, I, I had to tow it here. I can't even operate yeah, this yeah, thing anymore. I understand, and I had lots. Like, if I would have done that myself, I wouldn't have had my chem gear in there. That to pay five hundred dollars for too. Come on. Well, yeah. Oh yeah, I always looked at my trunk. But... Yeah, that's obviously you. You wouldn't have. You would have uh, been like, no, man, I had that. In, I would have. Yeah, that was. I had that in the house. You wouldn't yeah. have. Yeah. So that being said, your your car was worth less than your chem gear. So. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. It was a free car. It was already a steal. Well, you know, it got stolen. You got an experience overseas. Got a stolen vehicle while you were there. So with that, um, what would you say inside of that entire experience, though? Um, I kind of think I know where you're going to answer this um, because things got pretty heated inside of the whole investigation and the finger getting put in your mm -hmm. face and people acting uh, silly and, oh, yeah. and all of that. What would you say is the one thing that you learned out of all of this? Hey, make sure you do this in, in those events. What would you say? What was the solution you learned to make sure that you got taken care of? I just told what happened. So I know I know I didn't do nothing wrong. So I was I was just chilling. I wasn't worried. wasn't sweating or anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, and, and I had good leadership that came down there. They were looking out for me because they didn't know what was going on. Because the, the the cops on base called them, and they're like, "What?" What are you talking about? And I had like three, had my first shirt come down there, had two flight chiefs come down there, and I was out like 10 minutes after that. And I never heard nothing back from him. Yeah, good. So, yeah, yeah. I had, had good, good supporting cast. And it's because your character, you built care, yeah. you showed your character before. Your NCOs knew who, who you were. Everybody that was friends of yours knew who you were, what kind of guy you were, you know. So obviously, once they heard this, they're like, that's ridiculous, mm -hmm. you know. So they came and they, they flew in like Superman. Sweeped you up like your lowest lane and said, let's get out of here. Yeah, your character and your uh, value to them uh, superseded the situation. And they Absolutely. obviously had your back, which yeah. would correlate to your father's confession session where I wrecked my vehicle. The very first thing that I did was call my leadership and say, hey, what do I do now? 
and your leadership had your back and said, come on over here. My leadership said, hey, go hide the vehicle around back. You know, but either way, we we all had each other's back. Um, the next thing to, to remember that you did do is, uh, I need an attorney. Do I need an attorney? Oh, I need yeah, an attorney. Yeah, yeah they were, as soon as they said I was getting charged, uh, they said, you can, you can give a statement. It'll all be good. We can get out of here. And I was like, or you can, uh, get a lawyer. It'll be a couple of days. You might have to wait around. I was like, yeah, I'll get a, I'll, I'll take a, get lawyer. a lawyer. Yeah, get a lawyer. <laughs> Always don't say anything. Yeah. Don't give a statement. Get yeah. a lawyer. Or yeah. else you'll just get in more trouble. Always be quiet, even if you're in the right. Because yeah, if you're in the, right. the more you talk, the more they can use against you. And they straight up clearly state that to you. Anything mm-hmm. you say can and will be used against you in the court of law. Yeah, I got right my rights. Yeah, so you just just stay quiet. You know, there's nothing wrong with being quiet. That is your right. You know, you can plead the fifth every time. And when you do, it's less things and less damage that you can cause. You know, the law is a really crazy thing. The one wrong way of saying something, it's it's thought of the wrong way, or if they took it the wrong way, could just completely take everything into a direction that you don't want it to go. So I am glad that you end up not being getting in the brig. Yeah. I'm glad yeah. that you didn't get an article thrown on you. That would have been horrible. You wouldn't be an NCO right now. Right. You'd probably be like, they might even let you, let you out a little early, you know, because yeah. something think, like that. Yeah, I yeah. think I had a line yeah. number then too. I think I was mm-hmm. in line to promote. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I can't remember. So, you know, obviously your character are superseded everything that you can imagine. And that's, that's something that, you earned, you know what I mean? Like, there's going to be guys that do that, that's going to have that situation happen to them. They could be innocent, but because of the way they are, they're going to already, they look guilty as heck, whether they're innocent or not. Yeah. And pe- even their NCOs are going to be like, yeah, leave him there. I, I This guy did it. I already know. I mean, this guy, <laughs> he doesn't show up to work. He looks like a dirtbag every day. He shows up. When he's here, he's half asleep all the time. When I ask him to do something, he doesn't really do it. He, you know, he never has his whatever situation going on the way he needs to go on. So obviously you did the right thing. I'm glad that you didn't get in trouble. Yeah. That is a that's a crazy story. You know that's one of those ones that none of us have ever experienced. I've never had a car stolen. I've never had anything stolen from me like that. You know, so that would be really really weird having to deal with the police and then basically almost get charged for something. Yeah, I almost got in trouble for my own car. Yeah, stolen. That was yeah. It's like man, surprising. for one, my car got stolen. It got jacked. I had to pay yeah. for this to do this, and now I'm gonna get charged. God. Yeah, and keeping and keeping you cool, you know. I mean, that's uh, yeah, that's a tough thing again. to do. Yeah, because they were training a new a new guy. He was in there. He was, they, were, they were in there training him while I was in there, <laughs> which was just annoying because yeah, that's why I was there for so long. It took yeah. me two hours to get my fingerprints taken. <laughs> yeah. So, what is this your first day? Yeah, I said that. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is my first day, actually, sir. <laughs> But uh, so the solution inside of all that car guys, car gals, solutionaries all over the place is um, be truthful. Mm-hmm. Everything. That's be so upfront. Cool. Yes. Call your leadership. Yes. And make sure the law is on your side. Yeah. yeah. Just don't break the freaking law. Yeah. Just don't. But uh, that is our Car Guy Confession confession Session. session. That's right. With my son, Devin Teagarden. Devin Teagarden. Excited to go on to the next phase. Glad that we had you here today. Glad that you got a lesson out of that. Um, For those of you moms and dads out there that uh, could only imagine uh, the feeling of getting this story overseas, got the entire Atlantic Ocean between us, and you can't get in there to help at all. Uh, very thankful, very blessed that he had some good leadership and that he's uh, a good man that had people 
back him up because they know the character that he yeah. was. Uh, it's just a proud, proud dad, and uh, but Absolutely. but very much trying to make sure that all of you out there correlate that to your world and make sure that you're a person of value, a person of integrity, yeah. and that that people have your back. You got to surround that yourself in that environment. You got to surround yourself beans. with good beans. That's just right. like another one of our episodes, man. It's just crazy how it builds up to that. But anyway, anyway. <laughs> all right, car guys, car gals, this is Lou Ramirez, and this is Fred Lenartz, and we will be right back. Let's brew. Yes, yes, yes. We are back. We got something to jump you up. Here is the jump box. Yes, it is. So, since we have a newly transitioned leader in the military with us, um, I want to talk about and make sure that we connect with everybody the importance of addressing the negative and adding the positive inside of this jump box session Mm. when it comes to leadership. Devin has recently gotten inundated with uh, leadership training, the understanding of of what it takes to take care of the people inside of your command, um, and some really core stuff that they jam into you inside of a short amount of time. In the Army, when you go to, it was PLDC in my time, um, now it's called leadership school. Uh, They give you, you're in there for a month and you're just pounded with all these different things, how to public speak and how to how to put together counseling and, and doing all that. What kind of stuff um, did they do for you inside of the Air Force? Uh, it, was, it, was a, it was a lot similar as well. A lot of public speaking. Um, how you can be a good leader. I mean, it's called Airman Leadership School. So they drill a lot of the fundamentals, fundamentals mm-hmm. into you as well. Yes, they do. So that you remain fluid. fluid. <laughs> And you know, and and that's that's exactly what they did, and I'm and I'm sure that you got a lot of great things from those. Some stuff, you know, it's common sense. It's kind of crazy yeah, to say. Yeah, it's, it's pretty easy. But at the same time, you know, these things are good to be refreshed on every once in a while. And you're going to find that um, a lot of times when you get taught something, it's you know, you use it. It seems common sense, but then after a while, you actually kind of don't use it anymore. And then you have to be told or talk about it. Sometimes even just training somebody else about something will help you remind yourself, hey, you need to do that. It's a lot like why I'm doing this show while we're doing this podcast. It's not just for me to say, hey, this is how you do it. It's for me to remind myself how to do things, for me to get tips from people. And even their questions they have will help me study for something. Be like, hey, you have a question I don't know the answer to. I'm going to look it up. Now I'm now I'm educated on it. So that I'm sure that they even teach you that is to self-educate. Probably a little bit too when you're in there. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So and that's one of the most important things because you can, you know, on regular education, you can do a lot of stuff. But when you self-educate, it's what's going to make you the real money in this world. So That's right. So in correlation to you car guys and car gals out there, uh, whether you're on the floor or you're just now making the transition into leadership or you've been in leadership for a while, as far as an entire team goes, just like a, a military mm-hmm. unit, mm-hmm. Um, Devin made rank with other people right next to him and all of a sudden who you're running with you're now leading right um, i recall the time when i got promoted mm-hmm. and you're running with people and, and there's a time that you have to take charge there has to that that moment occurs where it's hey i'm no longer um just 
running with you. I'm now leading you. And it, it, de it definitely takes a good relationship of somebody submitting and somebody actually taking command and running with it. Mm -hmm. And I encourage each and every one of you, um, if you have a good leader that is helping you be you, be the full best version of you that you could be, also remember that part of what it is that you are is part of the team that they're trying to lead. So make sure that you keep the mission, the joint mission at hand together, everybody flowing in one accord, and that you have leadership that is giving you the room to stretch yourself out to be the best that you can be. And leaders out there, just like in the military, um, be sure that you're soldiering or uh, training everybody to be themselves as well. Yeah. Because everybody is an individual and you have to, if you, if you don't let them be themselves, they're going to just either one blow out eventually, they're going to do their time, they're going to get out, or they're just going to literally just do their time. They're not going to try to over, they're not going to try to overachieve for you. They're not going to try to make the mission better for people. They're not going to try to, you know, they're not, they don't see a future in it. So they're like, I guess it's like prison term, you know, you, the bare minimum. Yeah, you know, and it's literally, you know, in some cases, it's like getting out of prison. They're they're waiting to make parole, you know, and, and they get their DD form two fourteen and they're done. But you know, so Devin, you know, when when it comes to your leaders, you know, if you were to think of people that you've had in your career over the last four plus years that you've been in, what is something that a leader that you've seen makes them stand out? Is it is it the way they talk to you? Is it the way they train you? Is you know what what is it exactly that makes you Go, man, I like this dude. This is somebody I could follow. I think it's a approachability. Mm. And especially being knowledgeable on knowing what knowing what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. Especially when I was new, you know, you, you gotta latch on to somebody that knows what they're talking about and they know how to do things right. Yeah. yeah there, there's That's a, a great there's multiple ways to learn something. There's good ways and bad ways and I like learning the good way. Yeah, I mean I love that you said approachable for one. That's mm -hmm. that is so key to be a leader. Um, I think sometimes that's one of my weakest spots at, in times in my career is that I can be very approachable or there's sometimes where I'm very unapproachable. Um, I've had to learn to work on that. And, and that's great that you, you say that because that's actually something that I wrote down somewhere to I need to focus on being more approachable with my guys because um, sometimes I could feel like I'm standoffish because I'm busy with something else. Yeah. So it's great that you said that. It's a great tip for all you leaders out there. Be approachable. Because um, when, yes. when you have a new guy come in, they're nervous. They want to do it the right way. But if you really believe that you know what you're doing and that you're really good at your job, be approachable because that knowledge that you can give that person, you can only give them if they feel like you're the right person to give it to them. So, yeah. And yeah. fix your face. Fix and what I mean face. by that is fix your face. If, if you're having a face on that looks like you don't want to be approached, you won't be approached. That's, it. Uh, that's that's something I definitely got to work on. I, I tend to look more angry than I really am at times just when I get focused and I look like I'm I'm ticked off. Be cognizant of your face. Fix your face. Make sure that you look like somebody that somebody else might want to talk to or say hi to or ask a question for um, instead of always looking so mad. Something I work on. We all got to work yeah. on. We all get irritated inside of the day. But Whoa, I completely agree, Devin. We right. gotta definitely be approachable. Approachable that and knowledgeable. I love that knowledgeable yeah. too. The knowledgeable side is that you know, <laughs> yeah. You, don't you're don't, gonna, don't you, fake the phone. Yeah, you don't fake, fake it. Phone. Yeah, you can fake it for so long, but learn it as you're faking it. You know what I'm saying? Like at least do that. The you know because 
to be a leader, you got to be able to show people how to do things. You got to yeah. be able to explain a process in a very simple way. You got to be able to be approachable. So that's awesome, awesome. Devin. So remember that. So you, I'm sure you know that. You feel those two traits were really good. So mm-hmm. you be that guy to your next guy. That's right. You know what I mean? That's right. So if you remember that, you're approachable and you're knowledgeable and you stay on top of your game and you're unstoppable. Yeah. Period. So right. if you see those two traits, use those two traits. I'm going to remember that. That's actually a great, 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 great two tips right there. Absolutely. So, car guys and car gals, this has been our Jump Box. Jump Box. Episode six. Episode six. We are excited to get on to the next part, but hopefully you can take this and revive um, some part of a uh, maybe a dead battery or something that needs a little reviving inside yeah. of your career. Um, thank you, Devin. Thank you so much for the wisdom. Yeah. My pleasure. And... Let's get on to the next part. This is Lou Ramirez. And this is Fred Lenartz. Talk to you soon. Hello, hello, hello. We have our buyer's tip. It is time for you to get a little bit of a tip in your cup. Tippity tip tip. Here it is. All right. What is it, Lou? Test drive. Test drive. All buyers out there. Some of you think that you know about a vehicle. You don't know about a vehicle until you drive it. Uh, Not every Hispanic is the same. Not every white man is the same. Not every Asian man is the same. Liar. So. (laughs) (laughs) No, he's. I'm kidding. Of course, we're all the same. What? (laughs) We're all the same, Lou. No, they're not. No. Every single one of them is people different. Are Everybody's people. an individual. As we discussed earlier, if you're leading somebody, you got to know the individual. <laughs> Individually. He's right. Every vehicle I'm is its own vehicle. It is. Make sure you test snowflake. drive. Snowflake. Everybody's a snowflake. You got to make sure you fit. Right, Dev? Yeah. Yeah. So she was made up. You got to make sure that it has the power that you need to drive. Yeah. I mean, I literally had a customer the other day come back after a week and say, the seats suck. And I said, did you test drive the car? They said yes. But not long enough, of course, is what they finished that sentence with. But not long enough. <laughs> so, but I just told them to put a cushion in there and they were good to go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, keep going, Lou. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're good. Thank go you. Seriously, though, test drive and go on a good long test drive. Yeah. Drive it in, in multiple um, multiple Scenarios. ways. So Hills, different no roads. Curvy roads. Inside of populated areas, you want to feel the mm-hmm. brakes. You want to feel. Uh, you want to feel yourself take off. Get on yeah. the interstate or get on some place that can get it to make sixty-five, sure, seventy miles yeah. an hour. Make sure that rides right. Do a real test drive and make sure that your your car buying coach, your salesperson, yeah. your um, your product specialist, whatever it is um, that the title is of the person that's helping you purchase your vehicle, uh, make sure that they let you go for a ride and it's this is the one time you get to drive it and it's not yours if you're gonna go into the purchase you want to at least feel it out right you do um there's a lot of things worth test drive yeah there's so many things that people miss if unless they test drive especially if you're buying pre-owned i mean making sure the brakes work making sure the alignment's right um making sure the air conditioner actually works a lot of people fall into this little trap i'm gonna give you a quick tip guys in the wintertime, check the AC. A lot of people forget to because mm-hmm. it's wintertime. And make sure it's really AC, not just the air blowing outside. And in the summertime, double check the heat. I've had customers who've 
um, come back months later, find out this stuff's not working. Well, months later, I can't do anything about it. The moment you test drive the car, you come back, you negotiate with me. At that moment, the AC doesn't work. I'm either A, going to show you a different vehicle because I want to make sure that you buy a vehicle that you're going to be happy with. Or two, I'm going to get it fixed immediately and we're going to put that on the WIO, right? Yeah. So make sure you test drive the car. Check Spend out Spend your time finding out about the vehicle that you're looking at and getting ready to spend the money on. Because it's usually not the dollars that are going to make you buy it. So buyers, make sure you drive the vehicle. All of you that are hoping somebody buy it, make sure they drive the vehicle. But for those of you that are buyers, which is 100% of the listeners out there, test drive that car. I mean, yes. And that's, that is the buyer's tip right there, guys. How quick and simple was that? Nice and easy. What would you say, Devin? Before we go, though, Devin, are we right? Should you test drive as a buyer? When you test drive a car, does it make you feel better? Yeah. Absolutely. That's right. So test drive the car right there from a buyer's lips. <laughs> and we'll be back, guys. We'll talk to you here soon. It is the end of the show. And it's time to take one to go. Yes, it is. It is the to-go cup. cup. That's right. So, let's make sure that you take in some good nuggets and brewed some good solutions out of this last episode. Yep. We want to make sure that at at any level you're standing at, you are making sure to aim high. Yeah. Make, make sure, sure you that do. you're aiming high. That's the only place to aim. Because if you don't aim high, then you don't have anything to look up to. That's right. <laughs> so it doesn't matter what level you're at. Again, it doesn't matter what level you're at. If you're an owner, guess what a, a good owner does? He finds a way to continue to grow. Hey. He can, finds a way to continue to get better. Yes. If, if you're a, a successful salesperson and you've had your best month ever, guess what you do? Aim high. Aim higher. That's it. If you're a manager that's had great success, guess what you do next? Yeah, aim, aim high. high. You got to keep aiming high. So make sure that you keep that in your cup. You sip on that solution and you aim high in everything that you get the chance to yeah. put your focus on. Please do. Put Looking all your forward focus to next that. week. Yes. Next week is a great, great episode. It is episode number seven. And what are we going to be talking about? Man, we are going to be talking about perfect luck. Perfect luck? Yes. Man, that's definitely going to need some tuning in for because what is perfect luck? Don't don't you say I'm not it. Don't spoil you it. don't you don't spill you the beans. Lou. I know you want to, Lou, but we're not gonna do that. I today. do, I do. Hey, car guys, car gals, we've enjoyed having this time with you. Thank you for giving us your time and uh for brewing solutions with us. We are yes. still accompanied here by my son, the first one, the one that promoted me to father, yes. Mr. Devin T. Garden. Thank you, Devin, for being with us. Have you had fun? I had fun. Thanks for having me. Have you brewed some solutions and you got something in your to-go cup to leave with? I did. That's good. Thank you for saying that, son. <laughs> Whether it's true or not. Oh, by the way, happy birthday. Yes! Thank you. Happy birthday. It's, it, we've passed that time. I've been celebrating it with you all day long. I've, I've enjoyed having you here. He just turned 24, and uh, he's, wow. he's taken on the world. He's doing big things. So proud of him. Um, make sure that you take the time to honor your young, your, your children uh, at whatever age they are, but they're always your babies, and 
I love having him here, even for the, the little bit of time that we have him. He's going to go on to his next uh, duty assignment. Be praying for him and uh, just make sure that you thank a soldier, thank an airman, thank a Marine, thank a, a seaman and a Coast Guard, somebody. Just be thankful for the military that we have. We honor you. I honor you, son, uh, for the commitment that you give to our country. And all these listeners out there are very grateful uh, for what it is that you do for us. No um, doubt. He is definitely one that has run with the elite of the elite out there and uh, I'm very grateful um, for his contribution to this country. So if that's enough for me to say, hey, car guys, car gals, solutionaries all throughout the country. Yes. Thank you for joining us and Bruins Solutions. This is Lou Ramirez, the car guy. This is Fredlin Arts, the subprime hero. And we appreciate everybody's time, everyone's ear. Hope you got something from this. I know I did, I know Lou did, and I definitely know Devin did, and I'm glad you're here, Devin. I know that you threw a little shout out, but man, I appreciate you, I love you, man, and I can't wait to see what you do in the next four years. So good luck with everything, aim high, no aim pun high. intended, <laughs> aim high, and I promise you, man, your future is unlimited, dude. You have a, right. You're gonna have a great future, just yes. keep that mentality, those two things, remember, approachability, boy. knowledge, and knowledge, yeah. man. man. There you go. Put that in your cup and, and sip, sip on, on it. it. <laughs> Till then. Car guys and car gals, this is the Car Guy Coffee Podcast. Let's, Let's brew. brew.